Welcome back, everybody, to the Religionless Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Turner, and we have something special for you today. Uh, Some of you may have seen on uh, my various social media accounts, I put out that my wife and I were going to be starting our own separate podcast together, but we were going to intro the concept by having a special episode of the Religionless Podcast where we're going to introduce the podcast. And we just want to have a conversation with one another and also with you guys. We want to share a little bit of our own story. We have a unique journey. We were, we'll get into this. I won't spoil too much right up front, but as many of you probably know who have listened to me over the years and read my books and whatever, you know, we were pastors for well over a decade and um, we have our own unique deconstruction story and uh, we just kind of want to talk about it with you guys. And so we, Ask for some of you to, you know, send us questions and things that you would like to hear us address. And so basically what we'll be doing is introing the podcast today with this special episode. And after this, our conversations with one another will appear exclusively as a separate podcast. Um, but we want to intro today uh, what we're going to be doing. So, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce you all to my wife, Diana Marie Turner. Hello. There she is, folks. You've heard of her. You've seen her on my Facebook, but you've probably never heard from her. So here she is. Hello. Thank you for having me join you today. Oh, it's an honor. It's an honor. Thank (laughs) you for being here. Um, Well, we've been talking about doing this for a while, and we've had many late night conversations where at some point we both looked at each other and said, I would listen to this as a podcast. (laughs) We should be recording this. Yes. And so that's probably kind of the genesis of the idea of doing this. And also, we've had a long journey. We've been together for a long time. We just celebrated. I was going to say, do you know how many years? Do, do I know how many years? <laughs> you know I know how many years. It's been 20 years. Yeah. Dates and numbers, I remember, which makes it all the worse if I don't do something special because you know I know when it happened, right? So. Right. 20 years ago, July 14th, 2001, I was two weeks 19, and you and I married, and right after that, we moved to Pensacola, Florida, to be a part of Brownsville Revival School of Ministry, um, where I attended for two years, and that's a, we'll get into that <laughs> later on, but yeah, we've been together for a while. And, and when you say right after, you mean two weeks. Two weeks. Literally, two weeks after we were married. Literally two weeks. Literally two weeks later. Um, we're on our own uh, at the other end of the country by ourselves. Yep. Yeah, which, yeah, that's its own story. And we'll definitely get into that. But we got a long journey. We've had a long journey together. We have a lot of stories to tell. We've we've been boyfriend and girlfriend. And then we've been uh, cohorts in fulfilling the Great Commission together. And then we've been deconstructed people together who don't know what they believe. And now we're people who've arrived at their own unique expression of life and spirituality. And uh, we've done all of this together, side by side. Sometimes um, there's been a. <laughs> Sometimes we've not been as together as maybe we are right now, but we've always been together. And uh, I think we have an interesting story to tell. And I definitely a, agree. A lot of people have heard mine, and they've heard it from my. Um, my angle, my perspective, but um, not really from yours. So I think this is going to be good for a lot of people. And I think it's going to be good for us to just talk it out as well. 
So where should we start? I think we said we were going to start at the very beginning. Okay. So we start at the very beginning. And I jokingly said to you earlier today, I'll talk about the time that you were, (laughs) we had a welcome banquet at our church for you and your family when your dad was hired as the pastor of the church I was already attending. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked up to your table, and you had in front of you a rad sports placemat. It was very rad. (laughs) I didn't remember, but you said that I had said to you, you like sports? (laughs) Yeah, so this is what was going on. My my dad had, I'm a pastor's kid. My dad had been a pastor in northern Michigan for 13 years, and Um, When I was 14 years old, I was, it was the summer of my eighth grade year. I was going into ninth grade. Um, He took on a new church in Marysville, Michigan. And so it was, we were there for like the big intro banquet, you know, and they had like a, yeah, they had a big table set up. Everyone else was sitting in metal folding chairs and we were sitting in the slightly more comfortable wooden and padded chairs. Yeah. Like the special seats, like the Kings and Queens (laughs) and princes that we were. And they had put, they had made for me um, a very stereotypical boy-ish placemat. And it just said like sports on it. And it had like, said like hockey, basketball, football, and it had a little football player on it. And Diana in her sarcastic (laughs) manner that I love came up and just said, like sports. (laughs) And I was like, no, not really. And we laughed, and that was that was the first time we met. Yes, that was. Yep. And um, yeah. So what else? What else? I don't want to. <laughs> so then, um, I, I don't know how much longer later we were hanging out with other people together, and uh, at some point, we it was there was a tr- a trio, mm-hmm. and at some point you said to me hey, when's the next time we can hang out without the other member of the trio? Mm -hmm. So that was my first indication that um, perhaps. I had romantic intentions. (laughs) I was like, oh, he wants to hang out without without other member of the trio. Yeah. So we did. We went and saw Bug's Life. A Bug's Life. That was our first date. And that would have been January of 1999, I think. Because I was a junior in high school. You know that I don't know times or dates. And I say the other day and I mean five years ago. I know. But yeah. I I don't have any concept of time. So this was like three years after we initially met. We'd been friends for a while. But um, yeah, we started dating. It was a youth retreat. 1999. And uh, that was when we started dating. It was um, New Year's. Yeah, New Year's like youth group retreat. Yeah. And so anyways, yeah, we started dating, um, Bugs Life, first date, it was a good time. We went to Target. I was being dumb and got stuck on some shelving. He got stuck in a shelf. Yeah. And I still went out on another date with him. Yeah. And I thought it was logical that she would because I thought I was being really cute (laughs) and impressive. And so, yeah. And the people at Target thought so too. They loved it. They loved it. And so, yeah, anyway, so we're dating now. Do you want to just like jump into the stuff where I start getting weird. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and by weird, I mean like overly zealous, religiously speaking and stuff or what. I mean, I mean, you go ahead and tell when you feel <clears throat> when that would, like I said, I'm not great with 
if you say, remember when this happened, I'm like, oh yeah. And I can remember everything that happened, but I don't, I'm not great at stringing okay. together a timeline. Well, maybe we should rewind a little bit then. Cause we, we kind of skipped three years and went right from you like sports to you want to go see a bug's life. So let's maybe fill in some of those gaps. Okay. So the mid nineties, 90, I want to say it was 96 or 97 or something like that. What was going on in the charismatic evangelical world at the time was, for those of you who remember, the revival and renewal movements, Toronto, Brownsville, um, Smithton, some of the more notable locations where these these happenings were happening. And um, our church was an Assemblies of God church, Brownsville, the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola, Florida was an Assemblies of God church. And so we very strongly identified with that particular manifestation of this revival phenomenon. And uh, my dad, he took several trips down there and he came back really amped up about it all. And um, it really had a strong impression on me. And I've always been a very um, intense spiritual seeker. I've said before on the podcast, I was always obsessed with all things spiritual, whether it was UFOs, aliens, Bigfoot, or Jesus. I was always into the paranormal in one way or another. So this was like an experiential side of Christianity I'd never seen before. I I mean, I've seen it. I, 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 speaking in tongues, prophecy, people falling on the floor and all that kind of stuff. That was pretty old hat to me. But this was like next level in intensity. And it was next level in just, I don't know, it was it was a phenomenon. And my dad came back really, um, really transformed by the experience he had there. And it really caught my attention. And so I started getting into it more and more. And our church started getting into it more and more as a result. And we, in the summer, um, it was the summer that I, where we first came on board as pastors, and I, the pastor's son, um, we, sports lover, sports lover, we went, we had like a seven, was it seven? It was like all summer long. It's like seven weeks. If I remember right, like I'm trying to now remember why I even came to the revival. Cause your mom was on the worship team. Was that it? I probably, cause I'm trying to remember now. I mean, besides you know the what? fact that I was trying to look at you, I was going to say, it's all becoming clear now. I know the reason you were there because <laughs> you wanted to sit behind me. Look at your and, head and take in an eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> the back of your head. Yep. I because I was she on because I was not in the worship team at that time. So why would I go there night after? Was I bored? You? Well, I don't know. Because yeah. I never, I didn't really participate too much, and we had our chats mm-hmm. during altar call. Yeah, and that's really one of the first places we really kind of connected with each other because we were both kind of on the. You were on the front yeah. row. I was in the row behind the front row. Yeah. Um, I and, had that little dumb Caesar haircut where it was all just combed down in front of my face and you looked beautiful as always and you were in your Gwen Stefani no doubt phase (laughs) I was in my Gwen Stefani phase Mm -hmm. and that um, phase probably lasted longer than it should have yeah she's timeless though she is she's beautiful so no yeah so yeah yeah but that was kind of how we first connected we would sit there and talk while everyone else was falling on the floor and shaking all over the place and flopping around to and fro right and you and i, and would I feel sit like there. maybe at this now that i'm talking about it i was probably distracting you from something that you actually wanted to pay attention to eh, you know what like i was interested in it but it didn't quite have its hooks into me yet the way that it would later on i was curious about it yeah. but there's no way in hell I was going up to the altar and letting anybody put their hands on me at this point. That was definitely not in the cards for me either. No. And they tried. They did try. And there was because always anyone. It's, it's that one that you, it's yeah. the one that got away. It's the 
it's the Bigfoot in the woods. <laughs> like you have to get this girl to the altar. Oh yeah. I was going to say, wait, what are you talking I'm about? I was talking Bigfoot about like, you were. it's bragging rights if you yeah. could have gotten me to the altar to get prayed for. I don't right. like to be touched. They, But they, there was a couple times where they were like, we're going to get the youth baptized in fire tonight. And yeah. they would bring everyone up. Yeah, that, to, I guess it is hard to avoid at that point. Yeah, and so you just go up and you do your best to not fall. I had a stance where I'd lock my legs and yeah. one in front of the other and lean forward. And later on... I can totally picture that. When you say that, yeah. I can... I can your haircut and your, like, jinkos mm-hmm. and your t-shirts, I can literally, like, picture that in my mind. That's really funny. You need to cool off for a second remember me, remembering me. And, uh, I mean, one of those 28-inch... Like the yeah. around Those the jinkos. leg, each leg. Those of you who don't remember Jinkos, this was a phenomenon <laughs> of the '90s. Jeans, um, which the legs were like the size of the waist. Yes. So I was looking you pretty. You could fit like people up yeah. there. I was looking pretty fresh, pretty dang fresh. Pretty dang. <laughs> so you can see why she was into me and why she was after me. Um, remember when I dressed up for you, like you, um, for Halloween? I think it was before we were dating. <laughs> And I asked your mom if I could borrow your clothes and I dressed up as you for Halloween. I did. I do now. But do I did forget about that. It was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, that's super weird. Why did I do that? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think but... it, I thought it would be funny. Mm-hmm. Like if you walked in and you were like, how did you get that? <laughs> I do find it funny now. I don't know what I thought of it at the time because I really don't. Your mom was fine with it. She yeah. was like, yeah. What take all his clothes? I don't care. Well, that's funny. I didn't remember. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So she was clearly that's that's for free. Clearly obsessed with me. <laughs> Anyways, we're at revival this is services. Why people want to hear this? This, this is. is the stuff that people want to hear. Yeah. The rest of the story, no one really cares about. <laughs> but so, anyways, we're both sitting in revival services for hours on end, resisting the spirit, as it were, <laughs> connecting with one another all the while. Yeah. You want to? You want to? Take off on anything there that we've talked about? Um, I don't know if I should. What do you mean? I don't know. Uh, so <clears throat> your background is that you have pastors for parents. Mm-hmm. You lived up in one place your whole life. Mm-hmm. I come from a single uh, single parent household. Uh, my, my mom raised me, just my mom. Um, my dad is a big part of the story, but he is not coming in right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Um, Let's see here. So I think there's a dynamic there. I think that's mm-hmm. maybe important to know. Yeah. My mom struggled a lot. Obviously, most single parents do. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the things that were distasteful to me maybe centered around some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, In what way? Um, like, when we get into some of the things that, <clears throat> like tithing, mm-hmm. or like um, I would watch my mom put in money that I know she didn't have. Um, because she felt maybe guilted into it, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. I saw during some of those meetings as well. Um, I didn't like, it felt like she was getting false hopes sometimes. It felt like she was being manipulated sometimes, maybe not by like the leadership at our church, but by people who came in to speak sure. or uh, other things. So I didn't have that. I was generally skeptical from the beginning about those things and the charismatic movement. I didn't grow up in it. We started going to that church when I was 12. Um, and my mom had married the music minister. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
when we met, when your dad took over, he was no longer there. And my mom was no longer married to him. So I had kind of a negative experience. He, he was there. Well, was he? Well, no, no, no. But we, my dad came in. What's the word? Auditioned. <laughs> he, uh, he came Tried and preached. He, he preached <clears throat> and then they voted on whether or not whatever they wanted him right. as the pastor. And I think the Sunday morning that we did that, your ex stepfather right. was still the worship leader. Okay. But six months later in June of that year oh, when we so moved. So much happened. Yeah. So like we, he got the position and then he went back and forth three out, drove three hours That's there right. and back to like preach on Sunday mornings. And then he would drive back. So during that time he was there okay. and then <clears throat> he and my dad had some confrontations. Yeah. Because he was a trash human Be- being. Yeah. He was not um, a good person. I'm sorry. Am I not allowed to say you that? You can say that. And my dad basically told him, get out of here and never yeah. come back. Cause so he was I had, not I had a good bad, dude. I had bad experiences with, well, when the first time I had gone to that church, I had no idea what a charismatic church was. I had no idea what Pentecostals were, and I hadn't really been to church too much. Uh, and what I saw kind of freaked me out. I did get grounded for two weeks the first time I went to the church because I hid in the bathroom instead of going in. And when I <laughs> when I got found out, I was in trouble. Because I was, you throw somebody into that, they don't know what they're looking at and it's what do you, frightening what do you, was it the ecstatic glossolalia the, the flopping and flailing <laughs> on the floor the ecstatic prophetic utterances randomly coming forth from yeah i think it was ladies i don't understand what laps, was so weird about this okay, like okay, making the laps, the laps yeah. with their hands up in the air and they were shaking and screaming and i was like what is going on here <laughs> like i'm gonna go in the bathroom now and i'm gonna shut the door for two hours or whatever yeah. it was um it did scare me and so and then I had a bad, Can't imagine why. Yeah. I had a bad experience with my my mom's husband being the music, which of course. And I don't know if this is relevant, but the other church I had been to was a Presbyterian church, where my mom had also been married to the worship leader or the choir director, mm-hmm. which was also a bad experience. Yeah. So I think it's funny that after those two experiences, I ended up becoming the music pastor or not pastor but the music director worship mm-hmm. leader for our church yeah for as long as i did coming from both of those negative experiences so yeah. that's true kind of interesting as true. well honestly i never really thought about that that you did yeah that's that is pretty strange and neither one of those people were my dad and that when we were <laughs> on staff as the worship leaders i mean you specifically as the worship leader yeah we were still finding in the benches of pianos his old songbooks and things yeah from you know almost a decade before which was which yeah. was bizarre it was bizarre and it's i don't um, know if that's important to know but maybe it is well i think it is i mean it has to do with that's my religious background i guess i've yeah. always been very disappointed by it <laughs> yeah yeah i was hopeful about it i really wanted especially what was going on at the time we were i was describing before where we're you're sitting behind me checking out my jinkos and my sweet haircut and all this i was really hopeful about it i really wanted this to be real i really you know years ago my dad had an experience where he was you know quote unquote baptized in the holy spirit i don't need to say quote unquote that's the experience he had um and part of his story was he was you know newly um converted and he said that he just simply said to himself, he was watching other people speak in tongues and have this experience. And he just simply said, if this is real, I'm going to give it everything I had. 
I always remembered that. And I always, that was always my position towards anything spiritual was that if this is real, I'm going to give myself to it completely. And so though I was distracted, though I wasn't engaged in the way that, you know, the majority of people attending were engaged because I'm a 13 year old kid in a new environment. Internally, I'm like, man, is this real? Because if this is real, I want it, you know? I mean, I wanted to experience a power so, well, powerful that it can knock you on the floor. And of course. people are shaking like they're being electrocuted by something. I mean, it doesn't necessarily sound all that pleasant on the surface, but if you're like a spiritually curious person, you want to like make contact with something that, that that's that real. I mean, it's right in the room. It's happening right before you, you know? And at the time, I really didn't have... I just thought it had to be real, you know, and I still to this day don't think it wasn't real. It's just maybe a matter of what it was, but it was certainly real phenomenon, whatever. I mean, I can definitely look back at certain people and say, I don't know what happened to them, but it wasn't like normal. For sure. So anyways, you know, that's kind of like, I guess that in some ways sums up our dynamic is that (laughs) I'm the like, intense curious spiritual seeker not that you aren't that but that's kind of more my bend like I want something I want it to be real and you're kind of sitting back a little bit more like eh, you know yeah I had negative experiences right. and I'm very reluctant yeah, that, to be open or accept things because you know yeah when you've been hurt by things especially at a young age and especially in your teenage years it's it's really hard to um, for me, once I have a bad taste in my mouth about something, it just usually generally, that's just it. Mm-hmm. Very Mr. Darcy of me. I was going to say, what's the Mr. Darcy quote? <laughs> that's my Mr. Uh, my good opinion. Once lost is lost forever, yeah. which is true. <laughs> and so it would have to be something pretty dynamic for me to change my mind, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the the groundwork I think that's important to know. Yeah, and that's funny cuz we've talked about a lot of this stuff a lot, but never until talking about it right now did I ever like really just stop and think about that. like some of our first long extended conversations with one another happened in a context that kind of perfectly sums up who we are as people, you know. Yeah. So that's interesting. I guess, you know, we can take it beyond that. That particular uh, set of meetings lasted the entire summer. And so every single night, except for like, we were kind of patterning ourselves after Brownsville. So I think at the Brownsville Revival. wasn't everybody? Of course they were. But Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Right. We just made sure that we exhausted everybody in the congregation. And and they went till, those meetings went till midnight, sometimes later. And then, and really for no reason, almost just to say they went to midnight, in yeah. my opinion, sometimes. And, you know, I never want to be dismissive, and I don't say that to, like, be dismissive of what you were saying. I mean, no, like... No, I, I know. I just mean, like, I know some people had some... I know people experienced some profound things, and, and I I don't doubt that at all. Like I said, my, I know my own... It just felt like the end lingered for way too long. Yeah. I mean, for hours. Yeah. It's just... You could have cut this off at 9.30. Could have. And we could have gone to Big Boy yep. and had some... Big Boy is a restaurant for those, a Michigan uh, <laughs> restaurant for those of you who don't know. They're the only ones open late in yeah. Marysville, so... Those were always, uh, that was our post-revival service haunt. 
Yeah. Um, and they got so excited when they saw they us. They loved coming. it. They loved it. I'm sure <laughs> we were all great I know, tippers. At least and, they had yeah, good no. tips. In the but we, um, so I'm thinking now, okay, so our relationship progresses a little bit. Um, years go by. I kind of continue down that path. I don't really get crazy serious about it externally at first, but internally I'm fascinated by the whole thing. Like internally when I'm at home, I'm on um, AOL via my 288 modem looking up things about revival. And I I mean, I I am, I'm genuinely kind of obsessed with it. And that's kind of my basic personality. So I get, I get onto something and I just get hooked on it. Yes. And so I was that with as far as uh, it concerned revival and the revival phenomenon at that of the time. point were you watching the videos constantly in your basement yeah and okay. and my dad was constantly ordering the videos from the brownsville revival and i was watching it got to a point where like i was way more into it than even my dad to the point where he was even just kind of like maybe you should go hang out with friends or something <laughs> and i'm like well i remember we would talk on the phone i could hear it in the background mm-hmm. yeah i was I'm like are you watching that church again i was obsessed totally obsessed with it Am I interrupting something? (laughs) Yes. Yes, you were. But so, but that was even before we were were dating. I was just really into it. Yeah, I did know that. And then, um, so we went down to Brownsville in 10th grade. You had to wait in line. You had to get in line at 6 Mm a.m. for the 7 p.m. service because there were so many people. The main sanctuary probably sat 2,500 comfortably. But right. they would put folding chairs in the front, and 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 they would push that thing. So to if like, you wanted to get in, you needed to wait in the parking lot all day, right? Otherwise, you were going to sit in one of the like um, the overflow areas where it was just watching it on a screen. God and, was not nearly as potent, no, in the overflow area and you just, as he was in the main sanctuary. And also, it was like we drove all the way from Michigan. Right. We want to get in. We so, come to Florida to stand in line. Yeah, and there's no roller coaster even at the end. <laughs> at the time, though, like there was nothing to me torturous about the experience i was so into it yeah. and even in the line it was like everybody's like singing and worshiping and praying for each other and stuff and it was just like holy and crap i was like look phenomenal. at the military yeah so that's what i was gonna say that's why we were Let's all sporting there. camo because there was a military yeah. uh, there was an army surplus store right across the street and we all <laughs> went over there and bought like blue camo yeah t-shirts yeah. so we yeah. yeah we all look pretty cool anyways so we went there we all had our we went to the altar and got prayed for and whatever. And we came I don't think back. I ever got prayed for. You didn't at that time? I don't think I ever, even when we lived there, got prayed for. Like, oh. even if I went, even if I would drag myself yeah. down to the altar area. I don't really, I guess we, I was so focused on just getting it myself. I don't remember what happened to who. I remember being. Because, no, I, yeah. Michael <clears throat> Brown, Dr. Michael Brown, who many of you know, he's still around. He's in, in doing stuff today, but he, he prayed for me and. I didn't fall down because of like the power of God. I kind of fell. I got pushed down by the crowd because people literally swarmed these guys like flies on dung. Scary because it was. if you were on the ground and then Pastor Kilpatrick or one of those guys was coming through, yeah, you're like, where are all the people that were laying on the ground now that this crowd is yeah. like following? It mm-hmm. just seemed yeah. like recipe for a like a stampede situation yeah. well and i i was almost stampeded <laughs> the victim of a stampede because i felt it's like black friday <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i kind of like fell over i more like was tipped i don't know but anyways i just remember him looking and being like that's was, not very comfortable down there tipped. i was tipped that's probably not <laughs> that probably makes no sense but you know what i meant 
<laughs> and he looked down at me and he was like, that's not very comfortable, is it? And I said, no, because it wasn't. And he picked me up and that was like my experience. But I still left feeling like something, I, I had touched something really profound. And I think we all right, did in I'm some not way. Trying to, I'm not trying to downplay that. No, I don't, I don't think you are at all. But like, so then we get home and you actually... Okay, so we get home from that. And the, the whole goal during that time period, I know some of this, for those of you who don't understand this, this version of Christianity, this might sound really far out and exotic to you, but this was just like, this is normal for us to talk about, yeah. which, which I'm... But we also surrounded ourselves with only other people who believed the same way, only watched that on... Yeah. Like, so like it didn't even seem off or odd because yeah. it wasn't like we were looking at anything else or speaking to mm -hmm. other people that it would have yeah, been it, a signal like, Hey, that's kind of weird. Yeah. And so I want to say this cause I know some of you listening come from all kinds of backgrounds. Some of you have no history in the charismatic church at all. Some of you might not even really have a background in Christianity at all. So this sounds really whack to you, but we weren't like tortured uh people like in some wacky cult i mean maybe no but like we it wasn't like we didn't have like a well, life that we were enjoying like, explain it no no it's but it was isn't it funny it's like we were still like going out and goofing off and having fun and having a normal teenage life almost but then there was this thing, thing like, that we did there was this thing that we did that was absolutely weird as hell to anybody other than us but it yeah. was just it was our culture it so was it, normal it was us, normal yeah so we, anyways, the thing at the time was you go down to these revival hotspots or up, depending on your direction, and you'd get the anointing that was there. And then you'd come back right. and then you'd try to duplicate this, you know, in your church. And so, you know, that had happened, you know, through my dad going down there in the main congregation. And so now we, the youth group, come back and it's Wednesday night and it's like the pressure's on. Yes. It's time to see if we really all caught the virus. Let's see if we can, let's see what's going to happen. And I remember I was the one person out of like the group who had not yet spoken in tongues. And everybody was sur surrounding me at the altar, slapping their hands on me, praying for me, screaming at me, you know, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. You were the holdout. I was... And you're breaking our perfect record. <laughs> I know. Well, and you and I were talking about this like a few weeks ago and you were like, I just literally was, I wanted to go home, but yes. like, no, and I, I don't have a powerful, Oh, I started speaking in tongues experience. You hear it. You hear what everybody else is saying. You mm -hmm. make the noise. You're good. Yeah. And I feel like even when we were yelling at you, my point was just like, just do it. So I we can go home. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. Move your mouth. <laughs> like, say something. I mean, and I guess that does sound weird, but if you if you know you know right just like it doesn't matter just like let's go yeah and i couldn't do that like i just i'm like i'm not faking this right so it's like if it's not real i'm not doing it and Which if it's I real admired, but it really just took a long time yeah it did take a long time <laughs> and i was trying to like wear you guys out i'm like i'm not doing this and then everybody was like if you scream jesus at the top of your lungs you'll get it and I'm yeah because that's a rule <laughs> right i'm like mm no no i'm not doing that so i guess this just you isn't gonna happen tonight. i want to add also though <clears throat> i remember that specific night that you're talking about and yes i was frustrated and yes i wanted to go home but i also felt bad for you because it was kind of like of anybody who should be the one who feels like they've received this thing 
it should be you because you're the one that wants it the most and is dedicated to it the most. These other people are just, uh, I, I can't remember the word I'm looking for, but like casual observers, but you, if anybody, it should have been you. So it kind of annoyed me mm-hmm. at almost like to God, like, why not him? Like why everybody but him, like, is everybody else faking? Like mm-hmm. what's going on here? Because if anybody had it or anybody got anything out of this, it should have been you. So in that moment, I was kind of actually annoyed hmm. for that reason. I don't I must have never told you that. No, no. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that, man, so many other things happened. Like that same year was the year that we went to Belize on a missions trip. A youth group missions trip. Yeah, you better (laughs) believe it. And um, I had a similar experience there. And like, so we're down there in Belize and we were doing a youth camp um, in the jungle for um, junior hires. Yeah. And so we did, so we were doing this like in the jungles of Peru, or not Peru, Peru was the next year, Belize. (laughs) There Um, we were in the jungles jungles of of Peru Peru. while we were in Belize. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, Just busting your chops. Yeah. But it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit night of camp because Pentecostal youth camps follow a pattern. The first night is like, get serious. No, get saved. The second night is like, get, your sin out. get the sin out, get serious, you know, break up with your girlfriend you or what, anything like that. <clears throat> get rid of your secular music, whatever. Third night is baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fourth night is calling into ministry night. Yeah, you're right. That's the pattern. Yeah, right? I, you got to three and I was like, what are you forgetting? Yeah. Because there's four nights. There's four nights. <laughs> I see. I see now and you're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so it was baptism of the Holy Spirit night of camp. And, you know, they, somebody preached a message and then they were like, all right, now everybody up to the altar who wants to receive it. And all of you, um, you know, all of our staff, camp staff members and whatever, which was us, um, we're going to have you pray for these kids to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, okay. And they were like, but only if you've yeah. received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And out of... Bye, Jeff. Yep. <laughs> Out of the like, what, 20, maybe, I don't know how many of us there were there, maybe 20, 20, don't ask me, I don't remember numbers. Something like that, that's true, I'll make up a number. So out of the 50 of us there, (laughs) that was like 20, so probably like 20, 25 of us who were there, I'm the only guy who can't participate in praying for the campers. We even have pictures where we're all up front and you're standing And I'm just like wandering in the back, red eye from the camera, just like staring up at the sky. I remember Aww. live from Pensacola. That's the Brownsville Revival worship album yes, that was playing wow. in the background. I remember because I listened to that. I can almost smell that album. Yeah, yeah. It was a, and it was also a lovely shade of green. The CD, so it smells to me like lime. <laughs> I thought it was blue. Nope, nope. <laughs> what? I'm gonna defer to your memory. <laughs> I swear it was. It was like fluorescent green. What am I thinking then? Was the maybe open the, up the, the sky jewel? was blue? Okay. Okay. This is irrelevant. Yeah, folks, we we have a. You can tell we've been through some stuff here. So, anyways, I'm middle uh, yeah middle of the jungle, staring up at it was like this open air gazebo thing where the service was, and I'm just like staring up at the starry sky, yeah, like very emo moment, very very emo, just like what in the world? Why? You know? Yeah. I I've gone. Like, and not even being prideful, but I'm looking around and I'm like, I know 99% of these people are like, not even 1% as serious about this as I am. Yeah. So like, what? You know, and it, it was, it was just so frustrating to me. And I don't know, I guess, 
we're kind of just like rambling with this conversation, but I feel like if there's a point I want to make just about like our journey, it's that I'm, I'm a, I don't, I just don't like, I don't like fake. I don't do fake. No. I really can't do fake. And I determined from day one that whatever happened to me, it was going to be real or it wasn't going to happen to me. Right. And whatever did happen to me was going to be real. I don't, I'm not going to fake. I'm not going to put on, I'm not going to pretend just to be a part of the club, despite whatever pressure I might be feeling. That's just how I am. And it wasn't really like a philosophical, like, you know, cornerstone of my life at the time or whatever, but that's still just how I thought. And so my, my pursuit was a genuine pursuit. I really, I wanted something that was real. I wanted something that was solid and I just was not finding it even though I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. Going I think every- it's fair to say that the people that were allowed to pray that night, who knows? Sure. Yeah. No, even I- for myself, I can, I can speak and say, I probably, they were probably like, have you gotten the baptism of the Holy spirit? And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause no, I'm like, don't, sure. I don't want to stick out. I don't want to. So it wasn't necessarily my integrity. I don't, I'm a teenager. I don't want to be the one that's, but you, we're yeah. like no totally it wasn't it, i'm not saying those who did were lacking no, no, no. integrity no just, no no i'm just yeah. saying like so for you to be like i'm literally going to be singled out at the back of this place and not praying for people like i want to be mm-hmm. while everybody, uh, the rest of us were just like yeah yeah sure we're good mm-hmm. i mean i think that does speak to um like it's important to know about you mm-hmm. i think so there's that well, I so, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do we want to like? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I guess do we want to? I did segue a, and do. You know, we want to skip ahead. Let's skip ahead a little bit. To why don't we skip ahead and then tie it up or tie it off at the Mount Clemens meetings. Mount Clemens meeting. Okay. So long story short, about that, nothing happened to me in Belize. Although a few months later, I did quote unquote, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at a youth leaders meeting in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The Thank af- God. The af- finally. <laughs> finally. The after effects of the experience weren't nearly as dramatic or as intense as I had hoped they would be, but I could now speak in tongues at will and feel like I was, I don't know. Good for you. What I was supposed to be, whatever it was I was supposed right. to be. I'm not mocking or belittling that, guys. I'm just looking back at my own youthfulness and having a good laugh at my own expense. But yeah, so anyways, that happened. And I guess we're just kind of, I guess we're just with these stories kind of setting the tone for. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I do too. Wait. It's our it's my story, so I guess, yeah. But <laughs> we're wanting to just kind of set the tone for like who we are, yes. why we are the way we are, why things ended up for us the way they ended up. And so. Okay, so fast forward, I'm still revival obsessed. Jeff, Diana, and I are now a couple, an item, if you will. And I, being the strange young lad that I was, spent my weekends and some weeknights hanging out with middle aged women, driving to revival services uh, in a big old van, in a big 15 passenger van. So if I wanted to hang out with my boyfriend, I needed to then go to these you, meetings. You also, yeah, you had to hang out with me and the girls. So you, and sometimes it was just the girls because I was, was just like, I'm just not going tonight. <laughs> yeah. So no. So a lot of the times it was literally just me and my uh, my girlfriends, if you will. 
and they would blare. They loved you. They did, and I loved them too. Actually, they were friggin' hilarious. They for as weird as this is, it was also. I don't have any trauma from. I know everybody talks about religious trauma these days, and I know it sounds like, oh my god, this kid has to be carrying so much trauma. I really didn't. I really wasn't. It was fun in a really weird way. It was fun. They would like blare like Hosanna, praise and worship music at full volume in the van and literally almost drive off the road. They were quote unquote drunk in the spirit to the point where they were falling down. They couldn't walk from the like church to the van. Well, and that's, but, and then they were driving. Like I was going to say, yeah, but that it also happened while they were driving. So, yeah, and I really feel like the mental effects of that have to be like comparable. I, to because what? What do you mean? To being actually drunk because these oh, women yeah, yeah. were staggering and falling. I'm mean, not just these women, but like yeah. a lot of people do. Yeah. They call it drunk in the spirit if you're familiar at all, and mm-hmm. you do look like a drunk person. Yeah, and drive like one too. And I'm I'm just lucky I lived through it all. You but just I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> So these meetings were especially. Wow, it does say it does sound really weird when you say. Yeah, it when out you loud. take when you do like the outsiders test and you think yeah. about it from somebody else's perspective, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't publish this because it sounds really weird. Yeah, edit that out. But to us, this was just this was just so normal. So, anyways, it some was... of you may have heard me talk <laughs> about this before, and I think I even wrote about it in one of my books. But this, yeah, I think I wrote about it in the last book. They had chairs folding chairs with seat belts um hold on that is the drummer walk and it's getting very still outside okay so we didn't get to finish that conversation as you may have heard my wife said those are the tornado sirens or alarms going off and a tornado did indeed pass rather close to our home and so we thought it wise to maybe uh uh, put the brakes on the conversation for the time being so we're going to call that part one and we are going to record part two today so i really hope you enjoyed it i hope you found it entertaining maybe a little bit enlightening maybe a little bit of something else uh, I, I really hope you enjoyed it though and i'm really looking forward to bringing you more conversations like this in the future so what we're going to do is this we're going to break it up into two parts the initial conversation with my wife was meant to serve as Uh, a single episode that would be the intro to the separate podcast she and I will be starting. But instead, it's going to appear as two parts. The first part you've already listened to. The second part will be available one week early at patreon.com forward slash religionless. I always put the podcast out there one week early for all subscribers and uh, supporters because you're the ones who keep us doing what we're doing. We appreciate it more than we could ever say. So go ahead and check that out. Um, Keep your eyes peeled. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, keep your eyes peeled on the normal podcast page for part two of this episode. And then in the very near future, we're going to be launching our own separate podcast where we're going to be having conversations like this regularly. So I'm really looking forward to teasing that project out a little bit more and bringing you more content like this. So really hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. And I can't wait for you to hear part two. So thanks as always. Peace.